I've titled the talk Thirst. Um, the passage we're looking at is, is a story filled with intrigue. And, and uh, it is the best intro I can have to this sermon. So I'll just set the context for where this story lies. It's a very interesting story. Uh, and then after I set the context, I'll request Larissa to read the, the story out, uh, a portion of the story out for us. Now, here's the context. We're reading uh, from a book called John. We've been reading together as a church. Uh, and uh, if you're a follower, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is an account of Jesus' birth, life, death, uh, and resurrection on earth. Now, um, this happens during Jesus' time. So there's this one day when Jesus is traveling with his disciples. Um, he, he's, he's going from this place called Judea to a place called Galilee. Now, you can take two routes to get to this place. According to Bible scholars, one involved going through a place called Samaria. That is where today's story is happening. One involved going through Samaria and the other route involved, it's a longer route, but it avoided completely going through Samaria. Now, the Jews in Jesus' time, in fact, used to take the longer route because they literally hated and detested the people in Samaria who are called the Samaritans. Um, they, they found them religiously and racially impure. Now, it is a fact that they disliked all the non-Jews and didn't mix with them. But for the Samaritans, they had a special hatred. They didn't even want to see them. So that's why they avoided going through Samaria and took the longer route to, uh, on this journey. But Jesus chooses to go through Samaria. Now, it is, they are traveling. It is noon. Uh, Jesus stops uh, near Samaria and, and he, uh, the disciples and him are tired from the journey. So they stop at this well. And he sends his disciples into the Samaritan town to get food, to buy food. He does this because he has a divine appointment from heaven to meet a very special Samaritan woman who would be the first person to carry the good news of Jesus to this non-Jew land. Now, as he sits next to this well thirsty, he sees this Samaritan woman walking up to the well. And Jesus asks for a drink of water. A simple thing, right? But she was shocked. She was shocked firstly because she was a Samaritan and Jesus uh, was earthly. The earthly origin of Jesus was a Jew. And she was a woman. A Samaritan woman is on a higher level of being uh, avoided. So she is shocked. She's like, how can you ask me for water? But in the conversation, Jesus ends up saying, if you knew who I was, you will ask me for water and I will give you living water. Uh, and, and if you drink that water, you will never thirst again, which is obviously a figure of speech. Jesus is referring to himself and the life he gives. So this woman is intrigued. She's like, I want this water. And that is where we find the passage. So uh, can I just request Larissa to read the passage up for us and I'll share the screen.
Should I start reading? Okay. Yeah. Can you see the passage? The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. The woman said, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we worship, we must worship, is in Jerusalem. Jesus replied, Woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will all worship the, the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, Come, see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Thanks, Larissa. Allow me to just pray before we get into the talk. Father, we are here to, uh, to listen to you, to your voice speaking to us. Um, Lord, we are here and our hearts are desperately in need of you. So this morning, just as you offered this woman with living water, which is you yourself, Jesus, would you pour your living water on the parched areas of our hearts and refresh us this morning. Those of us who, who, uh, who are not yet followers, uh, you, you speak to everyone, Lord. So would you speak to all of us in a way that is relevant, uh, in a way that, is, uh, that we can understand so we can be refreshed and renewed in you, Jesus. Speak to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Larissa, for reading the passage. Uh, the framework for the talk is going to go like this. The first thing we're going to be looking at is realize the thirst. The second thing we're going to be looking at is recognize the reason for the thirst. The third thing we're going to be looking at is receiving the living water. Realizing the thirst, recognizing the reason for the thirst, and receiving the living water. Let's jump straight in. Now, this woman is right here and she's saying, I, I want this water. Can you give me? And Jesus' response to this woman probably seems strange. I mean, she's clearly there asking, receiving. And Jesus is like, go and bring your husband and come back here. It might seem like a really strange response. Why would Jesus do that? Let's spend some time looking at this. Let's actually see what she said when she asked Jesus for these living water. Uh, in verse 15, she says, Sir, 
give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and I have to keep coming here to draw water. Now, biblical scholars make this observation. They say she's coming to this well at noon. Um, not with other women who usually come during the cool of the day in the morning. Uh, they, in fact, not just come to fetch water, but this is the time for them to socialize. Uh, this is the time for them to hang out. The well is where things happen for the women. And, and she's, she's not come with them. She's coming at noon, uh, not during the cool of the day, probably because she's an outcast due to her lifestyle. Five failed marriages. And now she's living in with her boyfriend. Probably this walk to the well is a walk of shame for her. People might be looking at her and cringing at her. Avoiding any sort of contact or conversation with her. Imagine, put yourself in this woman's shoes, walking to that well, a walk of shame. She wants this living water so that she doesn't need to come to this place of shame anymore. That is what she says. So that I don't have to keep coming here to draw water. She wanted a solution for her shame. So she asked Jesus, for a solution to avoid coming to this place. When you actually realize that, Jesus' reply is not actually a strange one. He's in fact helping her see what her real thirst is for. She desperately needs to experience the perfect love from the lover of her soul. The love that she's been searching for in man after man. You might wonder, actually, it's so clear what her actual thirst is for. Why was it hard for her to ask Jesus and desperately uh, ask him for help in this area? Why wasn't she asking Jesus? I mean, she desperately wants the love of a man. We can see it clearly. But allow me to present as humans we are so broken to actually realize that we are thirsty. Let me draw a literal analogy for us uh, from, uh, to, to, to draw this point home. People nowadays don't realize they are thirsty. There are plenty of apps uh, for you to just remind you to drink water. These apps plan your entire day's water drinking schedule. Don't we know we are thirsty? Our body shows several signs uh, uh, that they desperately need water, but we ignore it and move on with life, either because we are too busy or caught up with many other things. At home, this, is, this happens very often, uh, especially in the lockdown, where uh, Taru and I are sitting, working, and, and we start feeling lightheaded. We're yawning. Uh, we, 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 we're getting irritated and... and uh, we, we don't know what's happening, so we're trying different things. And suddenly one of us is like, oh gosh, we didn't drink water today. This is exactly how our spiritual bodies function as well. We are too busy to realize that we are thirsty. Many a times, like the Samaritan woman, we are looking to Jesus for mere situation and surface level fixes. God, I'm not able to take this work pressure. I'm feeling so fatigued. 
please help me i don't have motivation to work especially during this time god i'm always rejected by people no one's recognizing the work that i'm doing i i feel stuck in life i need your help now all of these are real symptoms of a deeper soul thirst that we have these are the places that we want jesus to rescue us from just like the woman wanted jesus to rescue her from the well the place of shame these things that we are feeling are the places that we want jesus to rescue us from and often like this woman we don't want to open up and acknowledge what's deeper either because a it's too messy to go back there or in fact we are too deep in to realize we are in it and this is what is causing us isn't that relatable but jesus recognizes that desperately parched area of our hearts that need the living water and he gently asks would you go back and bring that area to me bring that area to me and come back here what can i do to realize what my deep thirst is the answer is simple come to jesus with what you're feeling on the surface i i'm feeling unloved i'm feeling fatigued i'm feeling this i'm feeling that and what jesus does is through the holy spirit and his word he reveals what our deeper thirst is for and then he fulfills it firstly we need to realize the thirst of what this deep thing that that we want and we are thirsting for the second thing is recognizing the reason for the thirst now going back to that water analogy i'm pretty sure you'll relate with me most times when we're feeling all these things and we're feeling thirsty um, we do something worse than not drinking water we end up drinking something else mostly it is either coke or some aerated drinks or a chilled beer and uh, it's necessarily not a good thing uh, because in that moment we feel our thirst is satisfied but in the long run it's going to have some worse effects on our body now this woman who was struggling with just that she was trying to fulfill her thirst by drinking off from the wells of one imperfect man after another and every time she would drink she would end up being more thirsty more broken does this sound relatable i'm not just talking about relationships here for me in this season of staying at home it's about my thirst for validation and approval validation for my work if i put up a social media post now note social media is a part of my work as well so i'm not just talking about my personal social media if i uh, for example i put up this independence day post i'm constantly seeing how many people are liking how many people are sharing how many people are commenting how many people are relating to this i'm obsessing over how many people are approving of my work if i lead worship or preach like this and if people don't tell me they were blessed i do not have enough motivation to work for that week isn't that relatable i know from talking to many of you that we are struggling with this especially from working at home people are not really seeing all the work that we do a lot of our work is going unaccounted for and un, un uh, and unrecognized we are not feeling validated or appreciated for 
Now it might be something else for you. Probably it's loneliness. Probably it's our desire to control and not being able to control things. Probably it's our desire for deep soul companionship. Here's what Jesus is telling this woman. Jesus says, everyone, referring to the well that she's drinking from, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst. You know, we often go to Jesus to heal us of the sickness that comes from drinking from other wells. He does one better. He replaces the well. He replaces it with himself. How does he do that? He helps us see what our deeper thirst, what is the deeper reason for our thirst. Let's go back to the passage. In response to Jesus uncovering her brokenness in the form of five ex-marriages and the current living and relationship, this woman is probably trying to evade the issue. Look at how she responds. She says, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Now she's suddenly talking about worship and comparing the Samaritan worship to the worship of the Jews. It might seem like a derailment. But friends, Jesus never loses control of any conversation that he has. He will, he's here to accomplish his purpose. He's here to pursue this outcast, messed up, broken person, and he's not willing to give up. Because what may seem like a derailment is actually leading to the heart of the issue. Every thirst we experience is primarily a worship issue. How do we know that? Jesus is dropping the biggest truth bomb of worship under the new covenant, under the new style of worship right here in this context. He says, yet a time is coming where, uh, and has now come where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father speaks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus is revealing this deep worship-based truth in this context to this really messed up, hopeless, shamed, broken outcast who is desperately thirsty the living water from her savior. True worship happens when the Holy Spirit awakens our dead spirit by applying the truth of the gospel to the truth of our brokenness. It doesn't ignore our brokenness. And Jesus is doing just that. He's addressing what she's feeling in her spirit or because of her ugly truth and he's presenting the most glorious truth about himself. We thirst because we do not allow the Holy Spirit to awaken our dead spirits by applying the gospel truth to the truth of our brokenness. We thirst because we do not allow the Holy Spirit to awaken our dead spirits by applying the gospel truth to the truth of our brokenness. This is true worship. Every time I struggled with my thirst for validation and approval, the Holy Spirit reminded me of the gospel truths. He used the word. 
used our daily time of reading the word together when you guys spoke into my life from your own brokenness the holy spirit used that to help me worship in spirit and in truth and he satisfied my thirst for the living water of jesus christ how do we know that the worship of the savior is the antidote to our thirst look at this woman she says i know the messiah is coming when he comes he will explain everything and jesus says i the one speaking to you i am he the moment jesus says that she leaves a water jar runs to the people that she was avoiding with the truth of her brokenness that she was ashamed of with the truth of the savior she was running to the same people that she was avoiding with the truth of her brokenness she says this man told everything i did everything i did she was ashamed of that but she's running to the same people telling this man did everything said everything i did and she's running to them with the truth of the savior when was the last time we experienced this kind of worship that quenches our thirst where our brokenness where we came in all of our brokenness and the holy spirit applied the truth of the gospel to the truth of our brokenness when was the last time our parched souls were watered by the living water i want to close by drawing us to the living waters this morning and i want to take a different route by looking at our savior who himself thirsted i thought it was interesting that the posture in which jesus is waiting for this woman at this well uh, was he was thirsting he's there asking this woman for water he says i'm thirsty biblical scholars say that the word that jesus used at the well is the same word he used on the cross when he cried out i am thirsty uh later on john says later knowing that everything he had now finished has had now been finished so that scripture is fulfilled jesus said i am thirsty hanging on that cross yes of course he was physically thirsty we've seen that right from the garden when he sweat out blood to this moment where all these unbearable things happened he's witnessed pain in bare unbearable levels and he's physically thirsty but john says so that scripture is fulfilled how is scripture being fulfilled here when jesus hung on that cross he experienced the deep extreme ultimate thirst he was carrying your sin and my sin upon himself imagine that the weight of all sin of this world sometimes i struggle i can't take my own sins weight and jesus was carrying all of it and he cries out i am thirsty now this is real thirst when this happened the father didn't run to his rescue his father forsook him instead of the living water the father gave him the cup of his just and holy wrath that you and i deserve we see that on the cross even on the physical realm when jesus was hanging on the cross he was given two drinks the first drink was wine mixed with myrrh this would numb jesus's pain that he was feeling and the second drink was sour wine vinegar this would keep him conscious till the last moment so he will feel every ounce of pain till the last moment jesus rejects the first cup 
which would numb his pain. And he drinks from the second one where he felt pain till the last extent, showing that he drank deep of the cup of God's just and holy wrath. He drank it to the full. So you and I can drink of this living water. Friends, how can we reject this Jesus? If this is the first time uh, you're, you're joining us, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're an explorer, uh, this, this word thirst, I'm pretty sure you are relating to it. You don't know what it is, but we know that our hearts need something which we are not able to find in the many things that we are looking for, not in our work, not in our relationships. If this is where you are, would you recognize this thirst? And Jesus is saying, I am living water. If you come to me, drink of me, you will never thirst. If you're a follower of Jesus, in this season, there are many symptoms of this deep thirst that we are seeing. Can we recognize what this thirst is? Jesus is helping us. Come to Jesus with what you're feeling on the surface. All that you're feeling, come to him. Let him reveal what is what your deep thirst is and let him satisfy you. Let us worship in spirit and in truth. The only way our quench, our, our thirst is quenched. Come to Jesus this morning. Allow me to pray and close. Jesus, you are the living water. Know well that we drink from not our work, not not our families, not our our passions. Nothing that we drink from can quench this thirst. In fact, when we drink from them, all good things, but they, they actually have bad effects on our soul when we drink from more uh, from them more than we drink from you. So we come to you, Lord. We repent of trying to satisfy our souls with the various things that cannot truly and deeply satisfy us. And we come to you, Jesus, to drink deep of you, our living water. Satisfy our soul, quench our thirst. We worship you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.